Red Channel Condition with Michael. Tons of assholes become lawyers. Jonathan. I feel like it would be bad if uh, you had uh, semen under control panel. And Peter. I'm ashamed of having morals. Welcome, listeners, to this week's episode of Red Channel Condition. As usual, I'm your host, Peter, and I'm joined by my co-host, Jonathan, and the Mike AI. What's going on, guys? How you doing? Chilling. How's it going? Can't complain. I am functioning within normal parameters. <laughs> well, that's always good, you know? We're into our new season. We're, we're, we're kind of hitting our stride. I like it, guys. I think it's time to do something we haven't done in a little while. I think it's time to play... Wow, no, that's right. For my topic of wow, no, that's right, I had linked an article to you guys about a new pocket-friendly Pico projector. This is basically a movie projector that is like only like maybe the size of like a Game Boy that you could carry around, has a resolution of, what is it, 854 by 480 pixels, which supports a 4K input and would only cost you about 350 bucks. Is this a wow? No? Or that's right. Eh, I mean, you. I'm. I'm gonna go with. Uh, no, you. I. You. I. I don't know how I feel about projectors and stuff like that. You. Know, I think it's pretty cool that it's very small, right? And that makes it very easy to like take around. And you, know, if you want to just you know, set up with you know, a, a a movie at camp or something like that, like this is pretty good. But like I, you know, at least for me, I don't know if I have the use case for it. You know, I'll, especially at that resolution, I'm just going to watch some shit on my cell phone or something like that. If I'm outside <laughs> and I got to, you know, I, I really have to watch, you know, uh, I don't know, like an episode of, of, of a cartoon or some shit like that. I'm just going to do it like that. Okay. What about you, Mike? Uh, I'm, I'm going to go with no. Oh, two no's. I see the, I see the use of this. You know, if you want to take it out to like a, like a backyard barbecue with friends or something. But in that case, the portability factor doesn't really factor in as much. I'd rather buy a slightly bigger one, you know, maybe the size of one of those outdoor Bluetooth speakers and like a backpack and have better quality. I don't really see a use case for it, but maybe that's also because I don't have enough friends to go to things with. <laughs> like, like, this is a very social experience for, for things. Yeah. No, I hear you. Well, you got two notes. I'm going to be the dissenting opinion here, and I'm going to go, I'm going to hate, I'm going to say, hey, that's right, man. You know, because I was like, I've always wanted a projector, but, you know, I don't really feel like spending $1,000 to $3,000 to have one. And then you got to like, it's, there's the ones that I've seen that are like super nice or, you know, they're, they're sizable. And I think it would be nice to go on a camping trip and just project something on the back of your truck or whatever the fuck it is. and just have it right there ready for you and i don't know it seems like it would be useful to me and i do have friends i go out with and and shit i want to you know showcase sometimes so yeah i would say that that that's in my price range it's portable and i i see i see it having use that's right so i have here a action figure made by hasbro that is customized to your face for about 80 dollars uh what they'll do is they'll take a f- You'll take a photo from various angles of your head and you'll send it over to Hasbro and they will essentially custom make a head that you can that they will then slap onto an action figure that you choose. Wow. You no, know, your own little customized toy. 
So you're saying I could have like a like a Peter, you know, He-Man or a Peter Captain Picard action figure or a Peter yes. Darth Vader action or whatever Jedi. Exactly. Yeah. Pretty neat. You know, probably within you know Hasbro's IP or whatever that is. Okay. Uh, so is that a wow, a no, or that's right? Oh, that's a that's a that's fucking right for me, right? Like. When I think about this, I always think of I think about that Andy Warhol quote where like everybody will be famous for fifteen minutes. Like finally, I can have my own action figure. That's the kind <laughs> of shit that I would have dreamed about when I was a kid. You know, like look, like now now I'm the man. Like I got my own action figure, right? So I can I can go ahead and for eighty dollars I can live that dream and you know leave a, a rendition of myself in a piece of plastic behind the glass in my living room. You know, <laughs> I mean, that does seem hyper narcissistic to make yourself an action figure. Oh, like it's it's magnif <laughs> it's magnificent. It's almost it's like it's like masturbation, right? Like I get to yeah. I get to have I have this this idol of myself that I get to leave and right. uh, offerings to. Right, it's it's great. <laughs> you know, I'm the shrine around. You know, maybe burn some flesh. You know, in in uh, support of you. Know, yeah, I'm going to. I, this is a complete. Uh, that's fucking right for me. Like I'm, I'm gonna make myself a GI Joe ASAP. Okay, how about you? I'm gonna go wow, and the only reason I'm gonna go wow is the price tag. If it was maybe forty bucks for me to do that, it would be a that's fucking right. But I don't know. I'm gonna. I don't know if I want to spend a hundred dollars. First of all, I wouldn't spend like almost a hundred dollars on an action figure at all, and I don't know if I if it's really worth it to me to have one of my face but if it was a little cheaper i would do it yeah um i'm i'm wow as well probably for similar reasons in a void you know i would love a action figure that i can then play with myself and i would fight you know the technodrome <laughs> and obviously i would single-handedly rip the doors off the technodrome see that'd be worth it to have your action figure fighting john's action figure yeah. <laughs> <What>? right <laughs> that's what i would be doing with it. this is one of those things where i say like i i am totally for this and i want this to happen i want to buy it but then i would just never get around to it for for that similar reason i'm uh, i'm going with a wow on this I have another one here. McDonald's has now announced that they are going to make a Happy Meal for adults to kind of bring back the, the nostalgia of when we were kids and we would go into McDonald's and there would be there would be toys in our Happy Meals. Now, these are not obviously burgers are going to be bigger. There's going to be more adult things, right? So there's they'll have Big Macs and 10-piece chicken nuggets instead of the kid size portion. Although the Big Macs they have now, I do want to say are basically kid size portions from when we were kids. <laughs> I'm sure they're they're out ahead anyway. But is that a wow? A no or that's right? This trip back uh, memory lane. <laughs> but I want to know what makes it for adults. Like is you still what is is a toy for adults? Like what does that mean? <laughs> they're teaming up with uh something called a cactus plant flea market box. Um, which is like famous street wear. Uh, so you know you might. I don't. I don't know what exactly that means. I don't know what like. Are they gonna throw in T-shirts in 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 a uh, in a Happy Meal? They haven't come up exactly what it is, but they they will have like figurines of you know like what we were when we were a kid of like the Hamburger and and, and Grimace and all those guys. Yeah, I mean, I stum I stumbled onto an article. I think it was about this, but the little picture was like of a grimace vibrator, and I thought that's 
<laughs> yeah, uh, I'm going to say that this is a wow. The reason this is interesting is specifically because of that uh, cactus, the cactus plant flea market. You know, it's a it's a fairly infamous, you know, uh, beast streetwear thing. Right. And they make you know, lots of avant garde, you know, uh, shirts and art and towels and other things with their logo and their distinct design quirk, which is this thing where they put like two eyes or whatever on these particular items. So they kind of like bastardize these, these classic uh, images and, you know, they make them in this, in, I can't, I can't even like explain it. Like you have to be like looking at it, but like they make them in such a way that makes them like kind of like bootleg, but not. Like art, it's like artisanal bootlegness. I guess is the best way I can, I can uh, explain it. Right. I kind of hate it already. But. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. So that's kind of that's kind of the thing, right? Like it being all a hype beast type thing like this, you know, is going to make it highly collectible and therefore highly valuable, right? So people are going to you know, go like people will kill each other to get one of these happy meals and not eat the happy meal and not open the toy and then resell you know, the individual parts of the Happy Meal for, like, hundreds, if not thousands of dollars a piece, right? I so, can't wait for those people to end up, like, Beanie Baby people. Yeah, no, I mean, it's good. It, it's not going to be like that because people people know to get off the boat, you know, they're going to make their profit and make their profit and dip, right? So this the concept of having a, a Happy Meal for adults is intriguing, Right, the products in this Happy Meal for adults are kind of dumb, but they're gonna make crazy amounts of money and hype. So this is brilliant for McDonald's. Do you, am I buying one of these things? Fuck no. But am, do I think it's interesting? Yeah. So I'll give it a wow. I'm gonna I'm gonna say no to this. This is a no <laughs> for me because one, you know, the concept of a Happy Meal for adults seems patronizing at best to me. And, you know, I'm not, a, you know, if I go to McDonald's and I want my chicken nugget, like, what are they going to fucking throw in there that's going to actually make me happy? Probably nothing. But I do agree that there may be some sort of uh, profitability margin for these being collectible toys. So, you know, there, there is that aspect of it. But no, I'm not going to. Uh, first of all, could you imagine standing in line at McDonald's and like, you know, there's like people behind you and like, you know, whatever. And you go, I'd like that adult Happy Meal, please. <laughs> like, <laughs> fuck. I don't know. I get a I get a kid's Happy Meal now if uh, if the if the toy was right. If the toy was right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I, I feel like you have ex the exact same amount of dignity ordering the kids one as you do the adult one so i'm gonna say no i'm gonna go wow uh i i actually like the idea of a adult happy meal uh what i don't care about is the is the contents of the happy meal now if they were to somehow bundle that hasbro figurine or something like an actual <laughs> toy then i'd probably be all over this i don't care about the hype beast uh of of life yeah they'd have to put like cocaine or or you know, <laughs> porno in my in my happy meal for me to buy that <laughs> and finally we have a a bluetooth enabled mouthpiece that prevents other people from your surroundings from hearing what you say one of their ideas is if you are in a uh, Starbucks doing work because that's where all the adults go to work these days and you're on a conference call and you don't want the table next to you overhearing what you're talking about 
then you can wear this um, VR goggled shaped thing over your mouth. And it, and it works by creating an air pocket, I guess, between your mouth and its surroundings. And then the sound can't jump that pocket. You'll have some privacy. Is that a wow, a no, or that's right? Uh, it's just kind of, it's very weird to me. Like, I'm going to give this a no also. Like, it's just a, it just seems so weird to have like this, like, I guess, mute gag or something like that on <laughs> your mouth. Like, like it, it looks, it looks like some bizarre cross between a ball gag and like a feed bag for a horse that like straps to your mouth. Like, it's just, it's super weird to be sitting there with one of these things. Like, I could just like be quiet. I could just do that. Or but, go someplace right, with privacy. Right. But like instead they want you to spend you know, whatever amount of money. I guess it's like $140 for this for this product. You know what I'm saying? You know, so yeah, I think I'm just gonna shut the fuck up and save $140 so I can buy one and a half action figures of myself. You know, see? Like, <laughs> that's, that's a plan. There that's we a, go. That's good use of money. That's there a good go. plan. It's good that's good economics right there. Yeah, I'm also going to go no on this for similar reasons that John mentioned. Not only is this potentially more undignified looking than the adult Happy Meal, (laughs) but, you know, just like we said, like if I'm at a Starbucks at a conference call, you know, that's important with like sensitive. Like, first of all, you probably shouldn't be doing that at a Starbucks. Okay, you should go someplace private to have your fucking business meeting other than you know, McDonald's play place or Starbucks or you know some public <laughs> venue where I have to strap on a VR headset. And like you said, a, a fucking VR, f- like feedback slash ball gag that what I guess creates some sort of suction for like, I have a vacuum cleaner on my face so people can't hear what I'm saying. Like this just seems like really stupid. Can you and, imagine no. yelling buy and sell while in a ball pit? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, absolutely not. No, (laughs) I think I'm going to be the lone one out here and I'm going to go with wow, wow, wow. And and, you know, my use case again is like I probably wouldn't spend 140 bucks for this, so I can't give it a a, that's right. But my use case would be say we're recording this podcast, like my wife is sitting across from me or in this inward in the area where I record, you know, then I can actually record. You know, say some stuff, look over and, you know, without seeing her shake her head at me. And the other one is I'd probably wear this over my mouth the second I wake up in the morning. Because one of two things happen every single day. I either just yell fuck or cunt at the top of my lungs. And then this would actually work very well for me. (laughs) So this would help with your Tourette's syndrome. Is what you're saying. It's much more like a, uh, a, uh, a here we go again kind of a thing for this. I, I see that I have personal uses for this device. Jesus Christ. Well, that concludes this week's edition of Wow, No, That's Right. Moving on, guys, bringing us to our first topic of the day. I had linked an article from Futurism about uh, a group of, of monkeys that has been subjected to the Neuralink project from i think that's what musk Mm -hmm. um and apparently the university of california is is refusing to release a cache of grizzly photos of these monkeys who have been reportedly injured and killed due to the neuralink testing and malfunctions that have occurred 
I want to see these pictures. I want to know what happened to these monkeys. I want to know what just how just how fucked up they got. Like, are we talking like brain dead monkeys? Are we talking like monkeys bleeding out of the face? Are we talking about like monkeys heads exploding? Are we talking like monkeys reciting binary code and then exploding? Like, I want to know. And I want to know what you guys think about this. <laughs> I mean, uh, there's there's really I don't know what else to say. Like, <laughs> I don't really know what I don't really know what else to do with this. I mean, you know, m- like monkeys getting hurt to to produce science is bad. Like, I mean, <laughs> you, I don't. Well, yeah, I mean, so is this animal cruelty to you? I mean, because we, t- I mean, we test products on animals all the time. You know, I know like cosmetics and stuff, but you know, we're, I, I would imagine, I don't know the logistics of what types of experiments were performed upon these monkeys, but if, you know, the Neuralink thing was essentially like a, like a computer chip in your fucking brain that could be used to like, you know, down, like almost like the matrix, like download fucking information. Like, oh, I know Kung Fu in two seconds or mm-hmm. some shit like that. So like, I want to know, were they like drilling in these monkeys skulls? Like were the processors like exploding and like, causing like aneurysms in these monkeys? Like I need to, I want to know what happened. I want to see the photos. Show me the evidence. I mean, the, the article, you know, the brief says that, you know, the school has already released hundreds of pages of documents, which showed monkeys suffering from chronic infections seizures, paralysis, and painful side effects uh, following the experiment. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, it's, it's, not, it's not unlikely that it's the things that you mentioned. I just, you know, if, if there, there isn't any way that it's not bad, so I don't know what else to say. Like, it's yeah. just, it's not, it's just bad, right? Like, I need a, I need a monkey on loop slamming a banana <laughs> into his face. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I need that. I need that. <laughs> yeah i mean it's just it's it's not pleasant i mean like if it would be i think it would be animal cruelty you know but i know like you mentioned you we do uh test things on animals so i don't know how else this would be tested on right because it's very unlikely that they would then be at least on the record about drilling brains and uh, drilling holes into humans' brains to implant chips. Right. Yeah. And I, I guess your, you know, logical conclusion that you gotta, I guess you have to do this kind of stuff before you could have, like you said, have it in humans. But I really want to know how deep the rabbit hole goes in terms of like, I want to know what that means when, the, when they were saying like, um, what types of injuries these monkeys were subjected to? Infections? What kind of infection? Are we talking about like, uh, like, like, you know, pus seeping out of the monkey's skull? Seizures? Obviously, not very fucking good. Um, and what are the implications? Paralysis? You know, what are the implications for the Neuralink technology if, like, you know, this monkey does not work after you installed it? <laughs> like. I think they they should be forced to to release the photos, right? Because like we know the cost of pro- progress and the cost of science and all that stuff is from uh, animal experimentation. Pretty much all of the stuff that we have, right? All the things, yep. all the day to day, I guess, luxuries and 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 whatnot. But they should be released so that at least people know that or are confronted by that fact, just to ensure that. These things are minimally invasive, you know, whatever that means 
whatever that means when it comes minimally to invasive paralysis. <laughs> installing a computer into your into a into a brain. I'm I'm on the side that says that these things need to be released and people need to know know about it. But the alternative from experimenting on these human analogs is to actually use humans. Hey, well there you go. You can bring back mental asylums and shit because I you know that's. That's probably where they would. That's where they would take it. Uh, take you. Uh, these people from right, like from the prisons and the mental asylums. If we had that as an option, and that's not a great option either. Yeah, no, I hear you. I, I mean, those monkeys are heroes. Yeah, yeah, they they really are. Like the the animals that are, you know, like the the mice that they run uh, drug trials on, and and all that stuff. There, I think there's like a statue of like a professor mouse uh, somewhere, <laughs> uh, where it's kind of like recognizing the fact that a lot of our um, medical advancements were born on the back of of mice yeah for sure for sure i mean you know that's the i mean scientists almost excuse like the lab rat i mean that's a there's a a term yeah Yeah. you know it's been coined and we've done like you said a lot of advancing issues for you know medicine drugs all this other stuff um has come at the expense of these animals so but yeah, I think we do. I think the public deserves a right to know. And I, I'm, I'm just so fascinated by the Neuralink technology in general. You know, it's it, that 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 melding of man and machine and mm-hmm. and data transfer directly to your brain. I, I know that this isn't going to come without any kind of, you know, missteps or or problems in the beginning. But I think we we should know what those are and what that really looks like. For sure, we know there's going to be a lot of pain and death before it comes out to like a thirty dollar a month subscription <laughs> right. <you> know, to <laughs> to download languages into your brain, right? Well, that's interesting, man. Yeah, I know we have had a lot of technological progress from experimenting on animals, and it's given us a lot of stuff, you know, for our society nowadays. Um, and it's interesting to think where all this technology is going. And, you know, on a semi-related topic. Michael, Jonathan, Peter, please report to sickbay. I repeat, please report to sickbay. Damn it, John, I'm a podcast, not a doctor. Mike, you had linked an article from, it looks like the MIT Technology Review, about a startup company that is, it looks like they're, they're cloning embryos for organ harvesting. Do you want to tell us a little bit about, more about that? Or? Yeah, sure. So there's an um, there's Israeli company called Renewal Bio, and what they're doing is they're taking uh, stem cells and without using any, I guess, sperm or eggs are implanting these these cells into an artificial womb and they've done this with mouse cells right so you know it's not people yet but that's essentially the next step yeah that's um, where it's going right and what they've managed to do is essentially grow these uh cells into embryos like mouse embryos to the equivalent of about 40 to 50 days because at that point the basic formations of organs have started to develop and instead of 3d printing organs which is one area of science but those are kind of complicated to just 3d print and grow from a lab it's 
I suppose it's just easier to grow the actual organ in an embryo and then harvest that for implantation later on. That's what they're doing here. Obviously, there are some science fiction scares here. Uh, maybe some ethics, and they're pretty aware of this. If you go to this uh, Renewal Bio website, it's pretty bare bones, and that's on purpose. The, mm -hmm. the, the CEO is basically saying, like, we know this is a touchy subject, and we don't really want to put too much information out there on, on it. It's you know, it, people are slow to warm up to the idea, but you know, like this is something way down the line, right? Because even the ability to grow a mouse embryo uh, without the sperm or the egg it's like a one percent success rate in mice and you know i'm sure going over from you know human embryos which is the goal here is is going to be even uh harder these guys haven't started it yet right they're just collecting money they're getting funding to do it there are no successful human human trials you no know, it's just one of those we'll wait and see but yeah the future is kind of crazy <laughs> i wonder if they're gonna like let people get there right because you know those ethical issues always make people feel kind of squicky. Like, you know, should they break the seal and get into humans and get into the idea? You, you what if you could renew human life with this, right? Like the article suggests that maybe you could, you know, uh, collect blood cells from, you know, something, you know, a fetus or something like that, that you generate in, in this way. Right. And, you know, maybe you could uh, transfer them into, like, an older person to reboot their immune system or, you know, things like that, right? You know, these things seem kind of good if you can do them, right? But the, just like the previous topic, right, the, the things that you might have to do to get there are kind of, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, this reminds me of that movie, The Island. You, ever got, you guys ever see that? No. With, uh, what's this? Uh, who is it? I think it was... Um... Ewan McGregor and Scarlett Johansson, right? No. Yeah, yeah. So it. basically, the yeah. I think so. Yeah, I think you're right. But the basic premise of the movie was that there's this island where essentially all the rich and famous, powerful people have had clones of themselves made, and they all live on this island until they're needed to be harvested for one reason or another. Ah, like yeah, that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you basically tell the clone, like, who's getting harvested that week that they've won a, quote, lottery. <laughs> <laughs> and then they would be, like, euthanized and, and harvested. But um, whatever, Ewan McGregor breaks out and shenanigans ensue. But it reminds me of that idea. Mm -hmm. And while I do think that it is pretty intriguing and pretty useful technology to have to replace, you know, failing parts of the body, there are those weird ethical implications where like, is it, is it okay for me to like make a clone of myself and then slit its throat to like get its heart or something? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> is that okay? I don't know. I mean, is it, is it your body anymore after that? I, I don't, I don't know. I don't, do I own the rights to it? I, I don't, I don't have the answers to that. I, it's, it's complicated, but I definitely see practical applications for it. But it also raises some pretty disturbing questions. I'm totally for this. I'm like, like I'm, I'm, I'm on the side of fuck your questions. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what they were saying from from this thing is that they they recognize the uh, the potential for ethics here. So the guy goes even further and says, in order to avoid this ethical dilemma, uh, change genetic changes can be made so that either you know, no lungs, no heart, or no brain, or no head 
can develop. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, you know what? <laughs> if you can essentially grow a person without a head, that's not really a person. That's, that's a refrigerator where you can just pull out a heart when you need it. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, my God. You know? Um, so, yeah. I'm totally for this. Yeah, we're getting it. We're getting into full chimera here. Like this is like I I agree, right? So like I think that it would be good to get to a point where you can do that. Like imagine like all of the things that you could solve if you were able to just you know generate healthy human organs you know as necessary, right? You know this would be incredible for you know human longevity, right? Like maybe we don't have to necessarily die of like a failed organ or something like that, right? Or you know, maybe if you're a, a a person dealing with fertility issues and stuff like that, right? Maybe you don't have to suffer your fertility issues, and you can, you know, you can you can have a child, you, know, and the child be healthy even if you were you know, older, right? You, know, but there's a you know there's a you know, aside from you know, the ethical stuff, right? Should should people live longer, right? Like should there you know should we be around for like two hundred years at a time? Right, we probably do a lot of damage to the earth if we were able to do that. And then, what would what would that change? I guess philosophically, to you know what life is about, right? You know, us being around for a short time kind of gives meaning to other things, right? So if we could just be around forever, just open the the heart fridge and pull out a heart, you know, you know, are we still human? Yes. I don't know. Like, <laughs> like none of those questions. We extend our lifetimes two x, three x, four x. It's still a drop in the bucket in geologic time. So, like, that's still nothing, right? But it's it's a hell of a lot better. Absolutely no. You know what? I would this rather. It's like altered carbon now. Right. I would feel better. I would feel better experimenting on essentially a brain dead human than I would on a monkey. Like I'm I, with you there. I'm with you there. These type of things, right? Like, like a like a human a, a human body with no brain or whatever. You know, throw in throw in some throw in some monkey shit. Like you know, like <laughs> do your do your neural link test on that. Do your you know do your medicine trials on that. No problem with it. Well, how are you gonna how are you gonna neuro test link something with no brain? Okay, fine. So maybe that one you can. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's a, it's a, it is a weird question. I don't know. Is it ethical to grow something intentionally that I don't know is alive and not at the same time if it has no fucking brain? I I don't know. I don't. I guess it can't feel pain. I I don't have an answer. That's above my pay grade. But I think it does serve a practical purpose for the kind of tests that we just mentioned, like the monkeys and the rats and the you know cosmetic stuff and. All that bullshit that we currently use living, breathing creatures to test on. Maybe if we could make, you know, replicas of ourselves that, you know, aren't really fully functional. I don't know. Is it murder? I don't know. I don't I don't know. But it, I think a lot of progress could come from it. Is This is something they still haven't tried yet. So we're so far out from from being able to do it. But, you know, just taking it to its to its conclusion, like, you know, I don't know if we should give these guys more money. I don't know like how legit they are, but we should be jumping into this boat to to research um to research these pathways. God damn, I can't I, I I can't wait to just like rip a lung out of something and use it. <laughs> I mean, to John's point though, I mean that that longevity question, what, you know, are we still human and like if 
you know, if you can do this at infinitum, like what what is to stop us from achieving that altered carbon world where like, okay, I just clone myself, transfer my, you know, you marry the Neuralink and the cloning technology and you've got immortality, you know, immortality or whatever. Well, I mean, conceptually, you as the person still die. It's just that there's a backup running around. You know, it, it's kind of what it's kind of why the transporter in Star Trek freaks me out, right? Because right. it's it's one of those things. If you are completely disassembled and then reassembled, are you you? It's that kind of like question, right? You yeah. know, and or are you just now a copy of a copy of a copy from? So, in my interpretation of it, you know, you're still dead. It's just that you know a copy of you is running around but so you know, I, yeah. I wonder what the old mike activating his new mike clone you know right <laughs> before right before he does the data transfer and clones his um his mind into the new body what's that old mike gonna think you know when he's staring down the barrel of the shotgun because he's unneeded anymore you know how's he gonna feel you know i didn't even consider this for uh consider that from the standpoint like you're sitting here talking about how much you're you're cool with this but you know, currently you're a, a robot in in a ship, so you'd probably be really, really <laughs> fucking happy with this, wouldn't you? <laughs> you'd be all about this. It would be nice to have an avatar in the world. I see. Yeah, I didn't. Maybe I didn't we'll think about clone that. Mike a new body. Yeah, I guess we could with this. Fuck your human ethics. <laughs> <laughs> oh, actually, no. I think you're onto something. I think you're onto something. But how would you? Would you want to redesign your body? What what would the Mike AI put himself into? What would you make out of your new body? And I think that talk that kind of brings us to our final topic of of AI generated artistic uh, endeavors. Would you give yourself a bigger penis? Would you, you know, would you design extra muscles? Would you have like a He Man body? Yeah, to to all of those things. Why not? I mean, if I'm already buying the bends, why the fuck would I skimp on the formats? <laughs> I want to see what the Mike AI comes up with. I don't know. That's a pretty. That's pretty hard. I'm just. Uh, I'm just one algorithm existing within the machine. If I'm gonna go and look right, I'm gonna need help with purpose-built AI for designing. Speaking of which, John, you had some information on that, right? Yeah. So uh, you know, we've kind of got you know, some new frontiers for algorithmic art. Uh, you know the progress of AI and algorithms are a pretty common topic on the show, right? You know we, you know all the futuristic science we can handle. You know we fucking love it here. You know, but uh, there's you know there's always been a question about how it would affect humans, kind of like the other topics we were talking about today, right? You know, one of the things that people suggested is that AI and algorithms and automation won't necessarily touch you know everything in society, right? You know. It'll get rid of most of the labor and most of the stuff that we do as work, right? But the time that we save for that work will make room for people to pursue leisure and you know make room for people to create art because and people always assumed, well, you know, you know, art is safe because that's creative. You know, no no computer could replicate you know that that certain human you know spark of creativity, right? That's that's uniquely human, right? But you know, it's looking like even art and creativity might be reachable by AI's fingertips. You know, a couple of things came up recently featuring uh, their application, right? So I had a couple of articles, right? You know, one article from Vanity Fair, you know, detailed how James Earl Jones, you know, provided the go-ahead for to a company in in Ukraine called Respeecher, you know, that created an AI replication of his iconic Darth Vader voice. 
you know, they use the they use this tech for the Disney Plus Obi Wan series that recently released. I don't know if you guys saw that. You know, it was pretty. Yeah. yeah, it was pretty. I liked it. Yeah, it was pretty good, and you know, his voice sounded pretty on point. Like it wasn't. You know, it's clear that it's different, but the fact that it even sounded good at all is you know kind of nuts, right? I had no idea that um that that wasn't him. That he didn't come back to do it. Yeah, you know, it was. I just did, uh, He's he's like ninety five years old, and his last or, <laughs> yeah, and like his last you know acting role was to be in uh, Coming to America too, you know on Amazon like back in like twenty twenty. Oh shit, that's right. Okay. Yeah. So you know using the, using this uh, company Respeecher, they trained an AI on copying his voice, and this was one of the results, and it sounded on point, right? And you know they also used it for young Luke Skywalker in the Book of Boba Fett, you know, which also was a Disney Plus show, right? And that one is even crazier because you know they trained it on a voice that technically doesn't exist, right? They they used samples from you know Mark Hamill and you kind of zhuzhed it up to make it more youthful, right? And you know that was another one that was on point. It, like nobody thought of it as you know something that was made. Here at Red Channel Condition, we take our hot takes and assumptions seriously. Due to the technological and temporal limitations of non-linear podcasting, the following may or may not be true at the time of release. In other words, wrong fake news. We now return to the podcast in progress. Another article that I saw from you know, a web magazine called Collider, you know, it detailed how uh, famous and recently retired due to medical conditions, Hollywood acting legend Bruce Willis. You know, he sold the rights to his likeness for a digital twin to a company called Deepcake, which is a deepfake firm, right? They make deepfake videos, right? And, you know, the first, you know, he did it, you know, following, you know, his first experience with, you know, this kind of tech for a Russian phone commercial, you know, for a company called Megaphone, right? So this is the, you know, selling your likeness is kind of a crazy thing, right? Like, People have made deep fakes before, but this is the first time that you're going to basically use it to recreate you know, somebody completely. You might be able to have somebody acting you know, like Bruce Willis or you know, somebody you know, that died or something like that being able to come back. You know, maybe, maybe you could deep fake David Bowie or something like that, right? You know, and you could have them come back completely you know, via a deep fake technology with machine learning and AI. Right. So now you can you can algorithmically create actors, you know, so even acting is not safe. You know, from we've from come that. a long way from hollow Tupac. <laughs> yeah. You know, hollow, you know, we've gone from hollow Tupac to, you know, hey, you know, I know, you know, some of us were trying to pursue acting like we might you know, we might end up not being able to reach that dream. This is interesting to me. I mean, so like at, to the to the point about like the resurrecting dead actors and stuff. I mean, I'm I'm kind of like a middle of the road opinion of the on this because I think yeah, do I think we really need Bruce Willis specifically to be making action movies in the year three thousand? Um, no, I don't think we really need that. But it would you know, it would be interesting or nice to be able to to use him again after he dies or and you know any other actor like that. I'm curious what that um what that Bruce Willis agreement was. Is it just endless rights? Could they make him sell... Could they essentially license him out to, I don't know, endorse Coke 
or or Pepsi? <laughs> like, like w- what are the limits? That's what I'm interested in. And like, like you said, like three thousand years in the future, or whatever. Uh, if Bruce Willis is still a thing, could he be used essentially like a Mickey Mouse? Could someone hold a copyright on Bruce Willis, his like his likeness? And will his descendants still get some kind of royalty share? I'm like, I just want to see this. I want to see this uh, contract. The, yeah, that's actually pretty interesting. You know, you figure like, you know, the idea of like selling stuff or whatever, you know, that would be, you know, kind of awkward. Like that makes sense, right? Because they, they do that shit now, right? Like you could go to Japan and see like, uh, like Arnold Schwarzenegger or something like that selling like coffee in a can, right? So right. Like, you know, I 100% would expect them, you know, using like the likeness of a deep fake guy to like sell something, right? He sold this thing, uh, Bruce Willis sold this thing, you know, because he saw them use his likeness to sell cell phones in Russia, right? So right. 100% they're going to do that. But that other shit, you were talking about like the, you know, licensing in perpetuity and like how far and deep this could go. Oh man, actually, yeah, I'm super interested in seeing you know, what would Is happen. Is Bruce Willis going to be a template one? Can there be like a Japaneseified Bruce Willis two? Wow. For the Japanese market, you know. <laughs> Daihatsu Mirai Like Black Bruce Willis? <laughs> I'll tell you what your problem is, you don't like me because you're a racist. And then, you know, yet another article that I saw was that you know, on Ars Technica, right? You know, so, you know, Meta, the parent company of Facebook, you know, they came up with a, another AI technology that generates video completely from a text description of you know, or an existing image, right? So, uh, it's a technology called Make a Video, right? And it's similar to that Dolly thing, you know, that you know, had been going crazy on the internet earlier this year, right? You just take an image and you know, or describe an image and it'll make a picture, but this iterates on that and you can make a full animated image or a movie, right? So, you know, with this, you know, and of course, you know, it's owned by uh, Meta, it's owned by Facebook, so we don't know how, you know, what the ethical concerns of this are, right? You know, but, you know, you can just straight up make a movie or an animation or something like that just out of a thought or something like that. Screw the ethics. I I want to now make my realistic you know pizza gate scenario with hillary clinton <laughs> and like five-year-olds <laughs> i want a movie of her putting like little pepperoni slices on five-year-old bodies like it'd be that's a spicy meatball <laughs> you could fully replicate you could fully make the trump p-tape or something like that you know, with this no no i, I can make a I better her... picard show wow <laughs> oh that that would be an actual use. Wow. Jesus Christ. Okay, you win. I was about to go and like, you know, maybe we could show her eating her emails, but the, a Picard show would be a better use of this technology. Right. It's it's kind of it's kind of crazy though, you know, to have you know tech that can do this, right? You know, it's it's astounding, right? Like I'm you know I'm happy that we've come so far, right? And you know, invariably you know we we're gonna use things like this to to see how far we can go but you know there was always you know like i said there's always been the promise that you know creative exploits would not necessarily be uh overrun by the application of computer technology right so now you know what what left is there for people to do if a computer can in fact do everything even the creative stuff in terms of like the computer being able to make full on videos based on your imagination 
I think that's really neat because I don't necessarily see the creativity being sucked away from the human. It's still based on what input you're giving it. If you say, I want, you know, Teddy Ruxpin to fly into space and punch the moon and the moon explodes and then it rains fire down on Earth and that's what killed the dinosaurs. Make that, you know, you're only kind of you're only limited by what your own imagination is. But, you know, the imagination is the key element that the human is providing. So if you can think it and they can make it, I still think that there's still some degree of creativity involved from the human side. I don't think I have too much of a problem with it yet, you know, because I don't you know, I don't know how far these things will progress and how fast. But a lot of the rights to, let's say, your idea of this Teddy Ruxpin, who would own the rights to that? You, the person who just typed in that sentence, or the company that owns that AI? Just by you playing with it, they probably have something in their small print that says, you know, like, this image this is, is ours. Yeah, this yeah. is ours, or it's free to use, or whatever. Um, so... Where does this intellectual property lie? From from a legal perspective, this is pretty interesting because, you know, all this technology moves much faster than the law. It moves much faster than our, um, than our social norms. Um, like, how is this stuff going to play itself out is interesting. But as far as human creativity, the AI learns uh, what are is and, or what is and isn't when you type in something through, I guess, sample images that it's taken, you know, across the internet. Yeah. So by its very definition of how it learns in its current state anyway, it's going to be derivative of other art. And so much of human art is, right? Because you have people who really push the boundaries and do new things with new styles. I think like that's on the upper tier of art, right? And then you have art you might find on fan pages and shit where it's just, you know, some dude redoing Chung Li in different poses or, you know, that's still art, but that's really quite derivative in that way. And I think this applies to AI in general, right? At the top levels of performance, you're still going to have people, but at the lower rungs, that's going to be all AI, or that could be all AI, and maybe no one would notice, and maybe no one would care. I, I mean, like, I guess, like, if you, because you're you're talking about it from like a race to the bottom perspective, right? So I guess, like, the the low vibrational, low tier art or whatever, you know, who cares? But like, I, you know, that that's like a whole ecosystem in and of itself. Like all those dudes doing like you know Tumblr Rule Thirty Four and shit like that. Those people need to eat too. Like those, like you said, those are artists too. <laughs> I think this gives a, I think this gives like a, an, an, a level of accessibility to people who, who don't own production companies. You know, like, let's say like I wanted to make a cartoon, you know, either I'd have to, you know, buy Adobe software to like learn how to animate and blah, 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 and spend the time. Or I could type, you know, a paragraph into this AI and it'll do it for me. Well, now you'll be paying meta <laughs> probably to use their, to use their shit. Yes. Yeah, I mean, for for now, I mean, but look at the Dolly thing, that that shit was free for people, and I could download the images off of it or whatever, like, I didn't have to pay a subscription fee. I'm sure some other asshole will come up with a knockoff of whatever this technology is and, you know, yeah, I mean, whatever. You'll just be pumping data for free into that thing, and then they'll sell it to, you know, one of these uh, large orgs, which now has this well-trained AI to synthesize into something else. You know, nothing is free, right? Like, if... If it's fr if it's free, then you're the product, right? Like you're yeah. So, you know that's that's all that's happening. You know, it's like I I kind of agree about the idea of 
you know, it's lowering, you know, it's lowering the bar and therefore, I guess, flattening the playing field. Right. But, you know, just like anything else where you're making, you know, when you're being creative or whatever, right. If there's no gatekeeper, you know, if there's no bar for, I guess, for creativity or any, or for creation or whatever, there's also, you know, no discoverability, which becomes the problem. Right. And then whoever facilitates discoverability or whatever is now the controller of, what you see and what you don't see right so yes you know it'll be easier for anyone to make anything but it will also be harder for anyone that makes something good to be seen without paying to be seen mm -hmm. right yeah right well i'm just going to use this for all my deep fake porn that i want to make <laughs> i mean that's a good that's a good way for to use it that's a good use of cpu cycles i think <laughs> All right, guys. This is this is this was full of interesting topics from from even the the wow no that's right stuff all the way down to the Teddy Ruxpin punching the moon AI future dying monkeys. So, but I think that's all the time we have for on Red Channel Condition this week. But you know the deal. Check us out on YouTube. Send us an email at redchannelcondition at gmail dot com. And as always, thanks very much for listening, guys. Take it easy. See you later.